Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of the hosts. As always, I'm joined by Jim and Alberto. How's it going, guys? Going well. Very good, sir. Awesome. Well, we've got a a great guest for you today. I hope that this episode will be very, very insightful and uh, beneficial to the guys in the group. Um, We're going to talk man stuff here in a bit. Um, But before we do, what's uh, what's new? Alberto, what's, what's new in your world? Uh, a lot, man. A, a typical work, but I say that every week, so I should got to come up with a better story. Um, I actually submitted in a five and a half minute audio clip to Dr. Sean Baker's Carnivore Success Story website. Uh, so that that's kind of cool. Uh, we all went to NACA. We checked that out. Very first ever ketogenic bodybuilding show. That was cool. First one I've ever been to. So that was that was also very very cool. Um, yeah, man. Other than that. I don't know. That's enough. That was a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the NACA competition was really cool to get to be there for that that first one. It was small but mighty, so it was it was really cool. Uh, Jim, how about you? Uh, pretty good. I did something kind of uh, stupid slash painful about two months ago. I caught my leg between the inside or cut it inside of a rowing machine and got twisted up and whatever and had this nasty bruise and everything well now i have this like knot where that had where that took place and so the chiropractor's like yeah we probably need to take a look at that and see and i've been trying to run more at the gym and different things and it's one of those i you take two steps forward and one step back no pun intended because this is a foot issue but um you know so dealing with a little bit of that and uh my gym is getting ready to do a uh seven-day hell week mm. of intense 60-and-90-minute uh, workouts that involve rowing, treadmills, and free weights. And I'm in it for the T-shirt. So <laughs> that's pretty much, you know, I just wanted to sure hey. that I survived hell week. N- n- yeah, n- nothing nothing wrong with that. I have done um, le- I have done greater and lesser things for, for free T-shirts that, right, that right. weren't technically free because I paid to be a part of it. <laughs> There you go. What about you, That's, sir? What's new with you, Chris? Um, really, honestly, I've just been insanely busy, as is always the truth. Um, lots of podcasts, lots of uh, uh, side work, lots of uh, hours at the day job, um, and so I'm just powering through, doing everything I can. I uh, did post a, a video earlier this week talking about my intentions of uh, trying to uh, to focus in a bit on on things and try to make sure that I'm making decisions on a daily basis that uh, meet my goals. We'll talk more about all that here in a bit. Um, but yeah, that that's that's kind of uh, it's been a it's been relatively uneventful in that regard. Uh, NACA, of course, me, uh, me and Alberto went together, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of been um, mainly just a lot of work. Yeah, and getting a, a shout out from Danny Vega about my ma- and he knew my macros. Which, I mean, not that I don't post them; it's like public information. But for him to actually just call them out out of the blue, I was like, "Wow, I must be doing something right." <laughs> yeah, yeah that that was uh, that was a good moment. And he's like, "Berto, are you here?" 
<laughs> and then I was up there with a mouthful of water. I'm like, no. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was great. It was great. So uh, with that being said, let's uh, let's do some shout outs. Jim, uh, who do you have? I have a gentleman named Travis White who put up a uh, side-by-side photo in our group um, in mid-October. Uh, he started uh, Keto back in mid-January of 2019, 355. He is now at 238, stands about six foot one. Um, he, he's aiming for the 210 range or so. Uh, but it's just a great side-by-side photo. Um, definitely, you can see it in the face and in the gut, and uh, just pretty remarkable. So I don't think we've given Travis a shout-out before, so kudos to him for the uh, hard work. Absolutely. Berto? I'm going to go with uh, our old friend, and if, if you've been in the group long enough, um, he is our old friend, uh, Jeremiah Schnell. He had a bowed out gracefully, uh, said he was having some issues, didn't really want to get into it. And then uh, one day I get a notification saying that somebody wants, you know, you get someone else wants to join the group. And right about that moment, I get a text message from Mr. Jeremiah saying, hey, I just rejoined the group. Let me in. And uh, he, he posted about it. So, I mean, you know, you can look back and see he he went through some stuff, man. And then he called mm-hmm. me and we talked about it for a while. And, and what he posted was was the quick version of the madness he went through. But I'm glad he's back. And uh Glad we're going to be able to help support him and, and get him back on track. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite parts about this group is our, our camaraderie and, and working together and, and building each other up. And honestly, he could have stuck around, but he, he probably needed fewer things to focus on anyway. So that's all good. Um, yeah, that's all good. I am going to call out Brian. I'm going to, I'm probably butchering this last name, Mylke. Um He posted uh on the 21st of October t- talking about his story. He recently joined. Um, and, uh, so he essentially got the, the, the type two, um, di- di- the type, the type two diabetic, uh, diagnosis. And he, the doctor's like, Oh, here's the meds. Here's what you're going to do. It's going to be for life. Woe is me. Mm, it's going to suck, but it's just kind of how it is story. And he's like, screw that <laughs> and did it research himself. And, uh, it was, uh, he, he has turned things around by doing research, by getting rid of the sugar, the grains, the processed food, the alcohol. And a few months later, he says his A1C is normal, but his doctor still called him diabetic. It's been two years now. And he finally admitted that it's, that he's, that, that Brian had reversed it. Um, he never took diabetic meds. He, uh, he got down to 265. He's six eight, so he went from 330 originally down to 265, and uh, has been there for the last year. That's pretty awesome. But the biggest part is he took his health in his own hands. He took what the doctor said, and he said, uh, "We can do better." And he did better, and it's so great. So good on you, Brian, and and good on you for for doing what was right for you in the moment, not what was convenient. And uh, Alberto, you know a little something about that. Oh, I love a good anti-doctor story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it takes effort. It takes commitment. Um, it, you, it, you've you got to dig deep and you've really got to figure out what you want to do because mm-hmm. it, it's easy enough to give up. I've been there where you just give up and be like, you know what? This is the way it's going to be. Then this is the way it's going to be. Just load me up full of meds and I'm going to walk through life like a zombie and, and feel as good as I feel. But to hit that moment where you decide to fight it all, and, and take control again. That's a highly respectable action. Yeah. 
Yep. And so he's he's done pretty darn good at this point. So so before we go into our topic, let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. Uh, he's going to have some good perspective for us. We have Jonathan Chain. He is a keto coach. He is a ketonian. He works with Deeper State Keto uh, and the Keto Savage crew. And he's a friend of ours. He's done some really cool things uh, for himself and some of the people that he coaches in regards to uh, trying to naturally encourage uh, testosterone to do what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, And that's kind of one of the uh, topics that we want to talk about today uh, with him after getting his story. But, uh, you know, he's going to have some really good perspective for us being a coach uh, on this topic. So here's the topic, Uh, you know, and maybe this is the whole... uh, uh, church lady thing. Oh, I'm I'm getting verklempt. Here's the topic. Uh, so the idea is that there's a lot of people that are having problems with falling off the wagon. You know, they they get oh, they, I'll get right back up on it. But they're 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 talking about it in the in the group. And and so, what are your feelings? What are your ways of dealing with the draw to other food? The reasons behind it? You know, all of that type of stuff. And I want to start with John, get his feelings, and then we'll go kind of down the line. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. You know, I've, I've been on the in the group on Facebook for a while, and it's been cool to like watch everybody's journeys and stuff. And so I appreciate being on the podcast for real. Um, so really, I think like for me, and one of my big things that I really try to focus on is like male body dysmorphia and male body negative self image. I think that plays a lot into our um, ability to stay on the wagon, if you will. And I'm totally with, we were talking about, about this earlier before we went on air, you know, that idea of like cheats or not cheats. And I don't, I don't like that word because it just creates this negative thought process that we put on ourselves. I'm like, oh, we're cheaters. Oh, so we're losers. Oh, so we should just quit. You know, it's like this domino effect that can happen from us talking to ourselves mm-hmm. like that. And I think that that plays a big part in a lot of things. Like, so to give you an example, I really feel like I, I made a post about this the other day people tend to binge eat or fall off the wagon if you will quote unquote because they believe they have no self-control i think that that is just wrong i don't i don't believe that why because even when you make a bad decision you made that decision you were in control you're always in control you make the choices you make what you were lacking was self-empowerment because of how negatively you look at yourself Mm -hmm. And so I think that the ability to stay consistent and the ability to stay on top of everything and stay on top of your goals is empowering yourself and realizing that you are in control, that you are capable, right? And I think that when you, so when you are self-empowered, you feel like you're in control. When you're in control, you care about it. And when you care about it, it makes it much easier to make the right choices, like, for like me and Berto, for instance, like I haven't cheated on keto in two years and I don't ever plan on it. And I know he doesn't cheat. Why? Because it makes us feel like crap. If all we were was addicted to the sugar and said, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm not that, I'm not that good at this. I could, talk, I could talk myself out of being consistent with keto. I'm sure I could, but I refuse not to. I refuse to because I know that I'm in control and I empower myself to make food choices that will fuel me properly, right? And that's easier said than done a lot of the times. A lot of people struggle with building that confidence and that speaking to themselves positively and building that sense and self-awareness of empowerment. But that's really, for me, that that's what I think is needed. I think for a healthy lifestyle and a consistent healthy lifestyle, it takes more of a mental shift than a dietary shift yeah yeah that's a good way of, of looking at it for sure alberto how about you uh very well said and that that opening sentence there man that was uh 
that was some of the deepest stuff I've ever heard. And, I, and I'm not even being as smart as this time, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, it, it's, it's different for everyone, right? Like I have a disease. I have a, a gastrointestinal disease, um, sugars and grains and like say a cheat meal will literally put me down for days. And I, and I don't mean like, I'll get a little gassy. And I mean, I'm talking about back pain, shoulder pain, knuckle. I can trace, trace it from when I start eating exactly how long it's going to take for my joints to start aching, where it's going to go, where it's going to start, and where it's going to go next. It's happened. I've done it in the past. Just experiment. And that was one experiment I never want to do again. And, and you know, we got these people that are like, well, I'm going out of town and, you know, I'm going to experience this. Well, that's fine. But from my side, is if I were to say go on vacation and participate in this meal because I'm on vacation, all that would do for me is make sure that I'm stuck in the hotel for the next two days extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm coming from a completely different place. And whether you want to consider that an advantage or a disadvantage, that's a whole different conversation. But I also have the benefit of, uh, for instance, you know, say my daughters come home from school and my wife gives them a snack and, you know, they're like, hey, daddy, do you want a, a bite of this cookie? I can take the smallest bite of a cookie and be like, wow, that's a good cookie. And I have no desire to eat any more of it. It's it, like I got it. The, the sweetest of the mouth. I saw what it tasted like. I'm like, wow, that is very tasty. Yeah. I enjoyed that tiny little bite. I don't need any more, you know, and that's, that's just like I posted the other day. That's just, just how my brain works. You know, I'm, I'm very, very black and very, very white. And I, I don't have to have a shade of gray. I can operate my daily life in one of two lanes without having to merge in between them. Yeah. Uh, Berto, I just want to, like, I want to comment real quick. And like, I, I think that what you just said is a great example of what I'm talking about. So like for you, it's like, it's like a sickness thing. It's much easier for you to say no. And, and I totally respect that. And, um, you know, but for like some people it's not. And I think that's where like the self-empowerment come in because like, for instance, like, I don't think it's self-empowerment for you to say no necessarily because you're saying no, because it's going to make you feel bad. Now, you yeah. know, you're strong, you believe in your, and you're confident in yourself and your abilities and so that gives you a sense of self-empowerment but for like for me like what when it comes to dietary choices when the self-empowerment comes in is when someone can either a choose not to eat something because they know it won't fuel their body right and move on or b they're on vacation and they do decide to eat that thing or whatever they decide to eat because they're on vacation and they have the care enough in their body to refute any more cravings they can enjoy that one meal and then move on with their goals for me, like that's where self empowerment really becomes a stronghold. Because, like I was we were, uh, earlier when we were talking about, like some people do have these quote unquote cheat days. Well, no, it's just a day where you're living your life and making a healthy lifestyle and choosing to do that. The the ability to be empowered enough to make that decision once and then not give into the cravings later and continue towards your goals because you care enough to continue to do so, right? In yourself, absolutely. Any yes, input, Jim? Oh, sir. Um, so I guess <laughs> the one thing that I will chime in here is that um, when this group was created a couple of years ago, it was never to be the perfectionist mm -hmm. group. Um, the idea was that this is a group for guys who are familiar with keto in some way. This is not an intro group. Um, we've kind of been a little bit lax in that in some of the uh, some of our newer members because um, they are getting more familiar with it, but they, they're kind of doing their homework before they take the test, so to speak. And this is kind of the, the group I envisioned was a little bit more of taking the test. Now you're going out into the real world with it kind of thing. Um, but with that being said, um, you, you know, 
there's going to be, there's always going to be a stumble. There's always going to be something that comes up that can knock you down. And this is not just in mm-hmm. keto. This is in life in general. And it may not be for six weeks. It may not be for six years. Who knows when it's going to happen? Um, everybody's different. We have talked about this multiple ways up one side and down the other in the group of about um, some guys can do dairy. Others cannot. Some guys can do a cheat weekend. Others do not. All these different things. This is not a matter of one is right, one is wrong, one is better, one is worse. It is just simply sharing. The, the, the goal of the group is to share the ideas, share the experiences. If it's something that has not worked for you, you are welcome to chime in and say, I tried that. It didn't work, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Um, what I don't ever want to see is belittling yes. of people who are able to make changes for whatever reason. Some may be at the end of their keto goal. I will tell you one thing that I have said from day one. My 86-year-old grandmother makes the best homemade noodles for Thanksgiving, and it is flour and sugar and love and all that good stuff. I will not not have that uh, a spoonful of those at Thanksgiving because when my grandmother's gone, I'm never going to have them from my grandmother again. So there are times yeah. when things happen that you just accept it, and you know what? If it means that you're going to go to the gym and run an extra half mile if it means you're going to get right back on it the next day if whatever it means that is up to you just like it is in life so that's those are my more than two cents less than a dime thought yeah so <laughs> mine mine my, my thoughts on this were outlined in, in a video that i made um talking about me talking about how I've not been super strict with my protocol lately and it's not, I hadn't seen any major downside to it. You know, I've not gained any weight. I've, I've held where I've been, but I've also held where I've been whenever I know that I have weight to lose. And, um, and so I'm, I've got these, it's all about goals for me and the, the, the laxness that I have had in choosing, making choices to, to eat off plan hasn't gone or hasn't uh, paired well with me reaching my goals, which my, you know, I have another 30 pounds roughly to lose. So I need to somehow, you know, choose to, to stay the, stay the course and, and hit that goal. So for me, that's really what it came, it comes down to. And everybody's a little bit different, but I, I don't like the, the idea of cheating. I do like that. I choose to eat off plan. That's if I'm going to refer to it as anything, that's what I'm going to refer it to. And the truth is even adapting that to a degree, I am going to make choices to adjust the plan at times. So if I'm going to Italy, I'm going to eat Italian food. Just going to. It's going to happen because it's an experience I can only get while I'm in Italy. And so it, that type of thing is is where I would make choices to adjust the plan accordingly. But when I get back to the United States, I go right back on. I eat just as strictly as I ever do. So um, it, it, that is just kind of the way it, it is. So um, thank you for this discussion. I really do appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm hopefully this will give on some level the people who hear it um, a a, a um, kind of a last or semi-final word on this because it does come up a lot. But hopefully this, if nothing else, it will give us a resource that we can give folks on. Here's the different processes on this. Whether you struggle a lot or don't struggle at all, there's the whole spectrum and there's a whole, there's, there's reasons for all of it. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in. John, we've already given you your intro and, and kind of tested the waters with you, but let's go ahead and start at the beginning of John. Tell us a little bit about your uh, how you came up and your journey to finding keto, and then we'll go from there. 
Ooh, okay, okay. Um, so I have I have about seven years of diet and nutrition and fitness experience. Um, started with fitness and getting into all of it when I was uh, fifteen years old, fourteen years old. I was two hundred and fifty nine pounds, uh, fifty inch waist. I mean, I was nothing but blubber and skin and bones. And um, oh, and organs too. I forgot those. And um. I just decided at that point, like that my doctor scared the life out of me. She literally was like, you know, if you were 50, we'd have you on like 10 different prescription meds. Like that's how bad your blood is. Um, freaked me out. So I remember I went home that day and I ran two miles, made myself pass out, puked, cut my hand, cutting a banana for a protein shake. I remember that whole day like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, and um, I really do. It's crazy. And But that just set me off. I just started working out and all this. And then... Because of the bullying and the overweightness, um, when I started to lose weight, people started to accept me more. I started to like, you know, get dates and blah, blah, blah in high school. And so like I associated me being skinny with being accepted. And so my body dysmorphia started to manifest and that ended up leading to bulimia. And I struggled with bulimia for, well, I mean, to be honest, I think you always struggle with eating disorders once you get them. Um, but, you know, it was, it was something that I was fighting uh, ferociously for years. And, um, and then, you know, I got married when, uh, later on and then I found we were in like the high protein and I was like yo-yo dieting bad. And then I think it was August of 2017. I found, I stumbled upon keto for the second time. I tried it a couple years back, like right when the first keto bars came out. Uh, but like I didn't stick to it and it made me feel terrible because I knew nothing about electrolytes and all I was eating was keto bars and Jif peanut butter. It was a terrible experience. Um, yeah. And so about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I found it again. I wanted to finish losing weight. I was stalled, did keto. Um, it went great, but not only that, but it got me off my ADHD medication. It made my shoulder pain went go away and um, it just helped give me so much focus. And so I decided, I tried to cheat. I think Christmas of 2017 was the last time I had a carb laden meal and it made me feel so bad that that night I decided I would never cheat on keto again. And I just, I'm just, I've never looked back. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been quite the journey. You go into really great detail on it with uh, with uh, one of your clients who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows this client, uh, Mike Gorman. He's one of our good friends, and and uh, rhymes with like. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> <warming>. <laughs> Uh, no, he uh, he's a good friend of ours, and and the Fat Guy Forum. Uh, you guys talk uh, a lot about your your story and how you came through, and uh, and all of that. I really enjoyed that episode and getting to hear your story, and it was one of the things that that definitely reinforced Thanks, my uh, my desire to get you on the podcast for sure. Uh, so let's uh, so so let's talk about some of uh, well, let's get get into like numbers and and things like that. So what was you you were up and down a lot. At your heaviest, what were you? Uh, what were blood markers like and things like that? And uh, like maybe after you kind of had it together, what did that look like? But then now that you've been keto and and on top of things, what where are we at? No, oh man, that is a loaded question. I don't know if we have enough time on this podcast <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, so my heaviest, I was two hundred fifty nine, and but I was fourteen. I was five eight, two hundred fifty nine, fifty inch waist. 
Like I was a big mm-hmm. dude at 250 pounds because I had no muscle. I was I was 14 years old. I lifted twigs. I mean, um, and my cholesterol was like 380, but it wasn't like the the grass fed steak, grass fed butter kind of cholesterol. It was like the too hot and spicy with extra mayo cholesterol. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't good. <laughs> and uh, my triglycerides were like over 200, and um, yeah, I was just in a really bad place. Um, were you, were you the big kid in your family or were, were others in your family? Oh, size? dude. Uh, so it's actually funny. So like genetically, like if you see me now and you saw my family, you would think I was adopted. Uh, okay. they're all like skinnier arms, big bellies. Um, when I was, I was still, I was, I think I was bigger than any of my brothers when, uh, when I was that big, I was 14, I was like 260. I was five. I'm the tallest out of all my brothers. So yeah, I was definitely the big guy. I was the big boy. And uh, of course, my fo- my family is like football fans. So like they were excited. They're like, yeah, we got a big dude. You know, they were like feeding me extra food, you know, like fattening up the pig before Thanksgiving kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, so I was definitely one of the bigger guys. Um, and then I think let, I'll say this, like it's actually this is where it gets interesting. So like physically, I was at my best um, probably when I was, I'd say 21, 20. So about three years ago. I was maintaining visible abs. I was, you know, but the problems was I was yo-yo dieting a lot. And, you know, I would do like, I would have like six days straight of 1400 calories. And then I would have a cheat day that was like 6,000 calories. And I would do that every week. Um, and a lot of those cheat days would turn into binges and then purges. And so I, like my bulimia would always come back up um, just because of the negative self-image and the, and the fat phobia and all that. Um and so it's funny now, now that I'm keto, so like keto got me the, the, leanest, the leanest I've ever been. You know, I was like 7% body fat, competed at an, a, a natural bodybuilding show, got third place. Um, that kind of like paved the way for what I do now, like my nutrition coaching and, and me being an amateur natural bodybuilder is all because of that prep. Um, so that was my leanest in keto. But now I would say I'm at my healthiest I've ever been overall today. Talking to sure. you guys is probably the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And do I have more body fat than I used to three years ago? Sure. I My reverse diet sucked. I did terrible after my prep. Um, I got I gained a bunch of body fat back. So physically, I'm just extremely muscular. Like I'm way more muscular than I used to be. Um, but am I as lean? No. But like for me, I've developed such a sense of self-worth and self-empowerment and 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 self-confidence in who I am and what I've overcome and the goals that I've accomplished and had set and I pushed through and did them even though it made me uncomfortable. I have those things that I never had before. And so I would say in terms of like mentally and like like physically, for me, this is like where I'm at right now is probably the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Sorry for the long no, answer. No, 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 that, that's fine. We're, <laughs> we've got quite a bit more time to, 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 to dig in, but we, we've got some other topics to, to do. Alberto, you got anything? Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, speaking about that, like, uh, I think the last time we uh, saw each other was Austin for KetoCon. And then obviously we bumped into each other up in Dallas at NACA. And like after we talked and shook hands and hugged and broke out, like as you're walking away, I look at Chris, I'm like, man, this guy got mm-hmm. big. Like you got big. Like I know you've been bulking and lifting weights and I've seen the videos of you putting up some serious numbers, but it's showing, man. <laughs> like you got big compared to where you were. I appreciate that, bud. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely uh, showing some showing some mass and, and that's not a bad thing in this case. So you, you don't you don't look bad by any means. So I, I want to ask about um, bulimia because it's something okay. that I don't think that we have talked about in this podcast before, nor do I think we've really ever um, had much discussion about it in the group on Facebook also. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but a lot of people associate that with bulimia or with women, that it is mm-hmm. uh, more a lot of women deal with that. So 
where where did you realize that you were bulimic? What what got you there, and what did you have to do to get out of that uh, lifestyle? And I don't even know if lifestyle is the right word, but I don't know what would you call it. Um, it was definitely a lot. It, it really it's funny. You wouldn't think that something as simple as throwing up food you had just ate would consume you as much as it does. Um, but that's the reality of it. So to give like a quick build up. You know, I lost all the weight, felt acceptance, developed body dysmorphia that like if I if I felt like I gained a little too much weight that no one was going to like me. And so like literally the idea of gaining a pound scared the hell, like I would, it scared me. And I was eating one day and I got really fed up and I, I and I felt like I overdid it. And at this time I'm starving myself a lot. So when I overate, it was just because my body just needed food. It needed to be fed. Um, and so, but I didn't understand any of this. I'm 15 years old. So I just started stuffing my face and I felt bad. And one day I just wanted to get it back out. I was done. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna throw up. And I threw up and it was, I remember the first time I did it, it was disgusting. Like, uh, you know, all that coming back up. But then like the after feeling, the feeling of being empty and not having to worry about it anymore. Like that became an addiction. Mm-hmm. And so like that literally consumed me for years was like I looked forward to the feeling of emptiness I would feel after binging and throwing it back up. Like I would look forward. It was like a hit of cocaine to me. Um, and it got bad. Mm-hmm. Like at first it was maybe once or twice a week. And then it got to the point where it was like every night, two times a day sometimes, I would puke at school. I'd eat my school lunch and go throw up in the toilet. Um, like, and it, and it wrecked havoc on my body. I lost a lot of muscle mass. I got really tiny, got down to like below 170. I'm like 5'11", so like, I was a twig. Um, yeah, it got really bad. And there's a couple things that helped me get over it. One, my family found out, and that made me a lot more conscious of it because I knew it felt, it felt like I was doing something wrong because I would hide it. But when I saw the disappointment on their faces and then like after that, when I went to my dad's house for the weekend, it would like smell my breath every time I came out of the bathroom like embarrassing stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so like that really gave me some self-awareness. And then I found my faith when I was 16 and that really radically changed the way I will, the way I viewed life, like, like who I was, my worth, my value, the way that I felt God saw me as a child of Jesus. Um, And like, you know, the fact that I'm the temple, uh, I'm the temple, I'm this guy's temple. And how would I feel if I built this pretty beautiful temple in a very unique way and someone took a bucket of hydrochloric acid and dumped it on it and just started like melting it, right? Like that would bother me. I worked really hard on that. That's a unique temple that I made. And so being able to make those connections and realize that I was uniquely made thing and I shouldn't trash myself really solidified and cemented in me and allowed me to start questioning myself. Now, that being said, it was not easy. It, that, that did not change things overnight. I think, you know, I found my faith when I was 16 and I struggled with bulimia hardcore till I was 21. Like it didn't go away for like four years, like, but it was a battle that I was now consciously trying to fight. Um, keto, keto really helped me to be honest with you, like, because it allowed me sugar is just so addictive that it's really easy to binge eat it, which triggers my want to purge really. Uh, whereas with keto, my rate, my blood sugar is regulated. I have control over my food. Um, and it made it much easier to analyze things and really dig deeper because at the end of the day, the bulimia was not the foundational issue. It was a symptom of the fact that I was not okay with where I was currently in life at any point in time, because if I was okay with it, I wouldn't react in such a negative way. So keto allowed me to stop binging, which allowed me to stop purging, which allowed me to take a step back and look at the truth which was that I did not like myself. 
And then I was able to learn to love myself, which empowered me to stay away from those things. And that's why I always say that like, it's, it's, it's not, it's ignorant to say that you're, you're, you're completely rid of an eating disorder. Like, don't get me wrong. You can make that voice so quiet that it's almost non-existent and you can say I'm over it and I've defeated it. Great. But you don't think that if you let those negative thoughts back in your head, you wouldn't back to it. Of course you would. Right. But you've just learned to keep those voices very quiet. And so I'm at a place now where I'm constantly trying to build myself in confidence and trying to focus on the fact that food is fuel and finding other ways to, to de-stress and enjoy life. And yeah, so very interesting because um, that's I, I the empty feeling is what I was curious about in particular because I've, I've had a couple of friends that have gone through bulimia and they've talked about it almost as like a, a relief and it's out of their system so when you said it was like a hit of cocaine I'm like yeah I've, I've heard a similar type thing from that which is yeah and, yeah and, and I just want to say like and here's the thing is that like there's a lot of guys that deal and I, and I hope this doesn't like ruffle feathers um, but something that people need to think about like bulimia for two things. One, it is very apparent in men. And it's sad that we live in a world that the idea of being a man is not showing emotion. When I think for me, I have found that being a man is having the guts to show your true emotions and talk about struggles, right? Like then you're confident enough in yourself to just share what the hell's going on, you know? Um, whereas if you're not, then you don't. And it just gets swallowed up. And so, so many people, so many men struggle with this kind of thing, but it's not talked about. Only It's only talked about in the females, right? It's like not very apparent in the males, but it is apparent in the males. It's just not talked mm-hmm. about. And the second point is that bulimia comes in all forms. Like if you binge eat and then you go run on the treadmill for two hours to make up for it, I'm sorry, that is a form of bulimia. You're purging out what you binged. If you eat terribly, if you eat 10,000 calories and so you fast for three days straight, for me, that's a form of binging and purging. Now, if you feel terrible, so you fast for a couple days to reset your system, that's different. But when someone goes in their head, I overate, I need to punish my body and not feed it to make up for that, that's an eating disorder. And that's something I think people need to be aware of in any group or any setting. Yeah, that's good stuff. You just said something that kind of struck a chord with me. And, and again, I, I had uh, commented, written a comment on it in the group the other day. It was uh, expressing emotions. I, I am admittedly 100% terrible at ex- expressing emotions. My dad is terrible at expressing emotions. We we just don't. And like, I, it's as dumb as this sounds, like, I don't know how. It, and, you know, I this caveman brain of mine, uh, you know, Jim had posted about having a bad day at work. And, you know, it really got to him. I'm literally standing in my kitchen, reading this post, gritting my teeth and getting angry. Like I've never met Jim in person. He's a friend of mine, obviously. We 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 talk once a week. But my physical response to that post, I got so mad that the hair was standing up my arms. I was clenching my fists and gritting my teeth, and then I was sitting there like, "This ain't right," <laughs> you know. But but I'm now aware. Like I don't know how to fix it yet, but I'm becoming aware that how I process emotions isn't normal and it's not right, and it and I'm not like physically acting these things out, which is obviously very very important. And, and this is just one of those things that have come has come a long way since uh, since being part of this group and just just watching you know these thousands of guys just kind of put all this stuff out there. And you know for for a while I I understood none of it, but I, I've been just slowly like okay, well let's read what this guy posted. Try to put yourself in his shoes, and, and and I'm slowly trying to figure out a way to work my way through it. But yeah, what you just said right there, and that that was a that really struck a chord with me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Emotion. I'm 
I, I'm not hiding it by any means. There, I've had issues lately that I've been dealing with, and I've been seeing some counseling. And we kind of identified that even though I'm a fairly emotional person on some level, I only allow certain emotions out, and I only allow myself even to acknowledge them sometimes. And so, we're talking about you know that brick wall that I built up around them, and how I can tear them down a little bit, and how I can let myself you know, get out what's on the inside. And, and, and that's just a, a better thing in general, but it is something that, that we are just, you know, I didn't even, ha I didn't even have a dad in the house growing up and it's still ingrained in me. Like I grew up with two moms. So what's that all about? You know, the thing, you know, it's like, it, it wasn't even modeled for me, but I, it still was something that got into my head somehow that, that machismo, that, that, the idea of, uh, we can't be emotional beings because we're men, and so that's a big deal for me. And and I'm glad that this came, that came up because uh, I think that we need to allow ourselves to be emotional people. People, because that's how we are. We are emotional. That is uh, to echo John's uh, spiritual, you know, journey that he's on. We are made in the image of God. God has emotion. He has that, and He has put that in us. Um, it's one of the things that sets us apart from other creation. So, uh, at least I believe so. So that's just kind of um, my point on that. That leads us all into uh, one of the specific topics that we wanted to bring John on um, on into because uh, one of the things that he has uh, successfully been able to do with himself and with some of his uh, customers, or I'm sorry, not customers, clients, is that he's been able to uh, use natural means of of mod moderating this the the body's hormone systems specifically testosterone so talk to us a little bit about the background then we can kind of go from there ah okay this is the fun part this is the juicy part um so i would say halfway into my off season this past year i think it was in february i started to think about testosterone and androgen receptors you know i was really into understanding the best way to optimize keto muscle building on a strict because like i don't carb cycle so i was like okay how can i build muscle without carbs right and so i started getting into like androgen receptors and hormones and i wanted to know where i was at hormone wise because you know i just got to have a prep i was in pest control for three years prior to quitting and doing coaching full-time a lot of pesticides a lot of phytoestrogens i was just very curious of where i was at so i got my testosterone and my cholesterol checked and I was expecting to be average male because you know I put on a little strength I felt like I was pretty you know pretty jacked um I had no idea what jacked was back then but <laughs> I felt that way um and so I got the test back and they were not they were nothing like I thought I I actually had a diagnosis for what's called hypogonadism and that's where, for whatever reason, um, there's something going on between your pituitary gland, your hypothalamus, and your brain, and your testes. The communication yeah. is somehow messed up for whatever reason, and you're literally not producing testosterone at, at a almost at adequate level whatsoever. Um, I think my total testosterone at that time was 162 nanograms per deciliter, and my free was 9.2 nanograms per deciliter. And my s my uh, sex uh, hormone binding globulin was like in the high like 90s it was like stupid high uh yeah my body was totally jacked up and it was it was hard it was hard it gave me a lot of perspective though like it gave me a perspective towards like how other men feel about their testosterone like you don't want to tell anybody you just want to bottle up and cry like like it's it's so hard to see a number that reflects that what makes you a man isn't working yeah. 
you know? And so like, I, I got really clear perspective on where my clients were that struggled with that. And where other people are like, I actually understand how they felt because I, I felt it. I felt that depression and that feeling of, I'm not even a man anymore. Like I got to fix this. And of course my head started racing to, I'm just going to be an IFBB pro ketogenic bodybuilder. Cause I'm going to start stabbing myself, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> like, I was ready to go all the way. Um, and, you know, and just trying to like wrestle with all that and figure all that out. So that's, that's, that's how it started. It's how that journey started. So I, I, I'm, again, I've made no qualms about sharing that. I've been, uh, you know, I was diagnosed with low T about two, well, I was diagnosed with it three, three or four years ago. I finally got onto a really good protocol with a good doc about two and a half years ago. And I'm up into the 900s total and think 900 plus total on a regular basis and things like that. Now I started out like you in the hundreds like it was like 150 or 180 or something i don't even remember i don't have those labs anymore so i can't i'd, I'd, I'd have to i might be able to look them up but i'm not sure um but yeah it, it just was it was no good and so i uh, i've gotten on and i i went the traditional route. i went the way that you were saying you know you just start stabbing yourself well i give myself two weekly injections uh to to you know and that doesn't include my hcg uh, to try to manage my my hormone levels you took a different route so let's talk about that yeah i did and and let me first disclaimer like and this isn't just to towards you in particular but in the group like i don't think there's anything wrong with sure. taking trt if you need sure. to like we happen to have brilliant minds in this day and age and that stuff was obviously invented for a reason and it has purpose if you need to take it and it works for you i my only thing is like make sure that you know you're educated on it you know what you're getting yourself into because for most people that get on tt it's almost impossible to ever get off that's my understanding and and i i that's honestly been why i haven't like sat down with you gone over my blood work and said okay i'm gonna detox for a couple months let's see where we are and then, you know, I don't want to go through the sequence of feeling like crap because I know that's exactly what's going to happen on some level because I have been, uh, you know, feeding my, my body, uh, you know, a, a bio, bioidentical hormone for this while, you know, this long while. And, and, and it's been two and a half years. So yeah, chances are I probably won't uh, get back to full production uh, again. And so that's been my, that's been my own delay of not hiring you as a coach in that regard, because I totally would rather go a, a, a natural route than, than not. Yeah. And yeah, and I totally get that. And like, and like, that, like, that's something I haven't worked with. It'd be fascinating. I would love to guinea pig you. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I totally understand. But like, like, before I go into the natural thing, I just want people to know that like, if you're taking TRT right now to help with that, I don't like disapprove of that. Like, like don't feel bad. Don't, I don't want any, like, think I have like no, negative no, no. feelings towards synthetic use. Um, okay. So that being said, so I decided I, I did a lot of thinking and I said, okay, I'm an influencer, right? I have, especially this was after KetoCon. After KetoCon, I realized very, uh, oh no, it was before KetoCon, but I realized that like, okay, I'm this influencer. I My words have power. What I do, the choices I make to make myself more athletic, bigger, whatever, they hold weight in people's eyes. And I'm a very br- bluntly honest person. So I just sit down and go, okay, am I going to take synthetic hormone and be honest about it? Because I will be and deal with that. Or I'm going to try and figure this out first. And then if it doesn't work, then, you know, I'll go balls to the walls and the pun ended. Um, So I decided to go the natural route and I started digging deep, man. I mean, I was asking people millions of, I mean, mean, it's funny. I asked like Danny Vega and all them and they were all telling me about the juve light. That's when the juve light was really hot. And I was like, I am not putting my 
parts under a red mm. light and hoping that my testosterone raises. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. I'm not spending $400 yeah. on it. I love you guys, but no. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, that juve, uh, the, the, the ultra, the ultraviolet, that thing is freaking expensive. I would totally go for it, but so I would, expensive. if I was to do it, I would want the full, you know, the full length one, because you know, if I'm going to do it, I might as well get a whole body coverage. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm just waiting until I get enough fame to where they just give me one for free. But until then, I'm never going to get a Juve light. Um, <laughs> so I decided to go another route and I started looking and looking and researching and researching. And I actually had a friend who's actually a female, one of my best friends now. Her name is Frida. Um, she's a neuroscientist and she had like access to a bunch of documents at the time I didn't have access to. And I started talking to her about things that increase testosterone. And then that's when I got into like herbs and funguses and nootropics and all of these powders and mixes, which we can get into if y'all want to, um, would help me. And so I started taking them. I, I started off with a, with a testosterone supplement that had particular doses of each of these herbs in it. Um, and that helped a lot. Like I took that for two, three months and my total testosterone from 162 to like 400 and my free went from nine to like 40. So nice little bump. I wasn't, you know, I was like, oh, okay, so these herbs actually help. So then I got really down and dirty. I, I literally bought the pure extracts of every single one. I microdosed it myself. I'm talking like eight different herbs plus boron. Uh, and I did that every single day for like four months. And at the end of this whole like five-month journey, my testosterone went from a total of 162 to 793, which I was cool with the total 793. But my free is what I really liked. My free went from nine to 124. Ooh. Yeah. It like and I want to pause for a second. What What is an ideal range for that second number? Because that's the one that I am not so familiar with. Oh, free testosterone? Um, I think it's anywhere between one, uh, I could be wrong about this. It's like 130, 140 to like, um, to like 80, somewhere yeah, in there. I'm trying to, I'm actually looking at some of my old labs right now because I've got the, the, the general lab. Now let's talk about, I know total, I know total is 300 to a thousand. I do not remember what free yeah, is. This one doesn't have my free. We always have to calculate it manually. Um, the, that Hold being on. said, um, my, the, let, let's so it's something like that. And, and higher free is good. It, it is absolutely good. Okay. Uh, the, the, what it is, is the difference between how much estrogen you have versus testosterone because they cancel each other out to a certain degree. And so you want that ratio to mm -hmm. be healthy. So the higher the number, the better the ratio. Yeah. Oh, and the, uh, the free testosterone is 47 to 244. So you're right in the middle of it at this point. I'm right. Well, as of, as of yeah. three months ago, I have no idea where I'm at. Okay, right so let's let's talk uh, about labs because you're you're doing this on your own. How are you getting lab work done? When you get it done? Any lab test now. You Google any lab test now. You put in your zip code, and it will give you the one closest to you. You pay like seventy bucks to get your sexual hormones, and then you go and get it tested. They they draw your blood twenty four hours. The results pop up on that's your email. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, and and so. For the men out there that are like, well, but I don't have health insurance, there's still options. There's still, you can still check to see how you are. And I am probably actually going to get here soon. I had, I, I'm not due for my normal blood work uh, for another month or two, but I've been feeling like my estrogen's been a little out of whack. And so whenever I start feeling that, I'm probably going to go get some lab work on demand, so to speak, done real quick to just get it done. So uh, yeah, so it is possible to get 
those, you know, get bl- blood work done without having a primary that's a primary doctor that that's you know that supports testosterone replacement or any of this stuff. You can get this the facts, um, and that's an important thing to know. So let's um, let let's do dive in a little bit. I, I like let's talk about some of the key herbs and and elements that you're using and what their effects are in general. Um, I the the other thing that we should probably let people know is do your own research. Make sure this is going to mm-hmm. be health for you. Don't take the information given on this on this particular podcast episode as <laughs> as gospel truth because what may work for John, what may work for 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 a small subset of people may not affect you the same way. So make sure that whenever you research this stuff for yourself that you find a protocol that's actually going to work for you. Um so yeah, let's let's go into to some of these these elements that you're taking that that have been helping and supporting your uh your your journey. Yeah, for sure. And let me just reiterate, blah, 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 blah. let me just say what he said again. <laughs> this is not medical advice. <laughs> uh, I am very weary. I think I've sent one human my actual dosages. I never sent somebody exactly what I took because it might not be what's right for you. So I think that was great advice. So this is not medical advice, but I do know some stuff. Okay, so there's a couple things we have to look at, right? We have to understand the why, how per- testosterone is produced. Pituitary gland reacts with the hypothalamus. They produce luteinizing hormone and a chain reaction that sends luteinizing hormone to the testes and to the adrenal glands, which both are told to produce some testosterone. In males, the adrenal glands produce very little, testicles produce most, and then women, adrenals produce most, and ovaries produce a little. Um, So what can happen, generally, a lot of the times, it's not that your testicles don't work, it's that there's a communication problem, okay? So that's why nootropics are so beneficial to testosterone production. So the the first two I ever started taking powder were cordyceps and reishi mushrooms. Bulk supplements, super cheap. Um, Starting at, I think, 1,000 grams. A day, something mm-hmm. like that. For me, um, there was a study that uh, talked about these cyclists that took a thousand grams of each before their training, and it showed that they had a thirty percent increase in testosterone after their training session. Some of that percentage is due to the actual workout itself, raising testosterone and other hormones for activity. But there, ob- obviously, there's an increase. So I said, okay, let's do that. Now you ask, how does that work? So basically, what those two do is they help with blood flow, and then they also help with neurological connections. And so they help with neurons sending signals to each other, which can help with the communication between the uh, pituitary gland, hypothalamus, and then all the way to the testes. So those are the first, I mean, and even for just brain health, I would encourage anybody to take some reishi and cordyceps every day. It literally tastes like garbage, but it's so good for you. Uh, the next ones are the ones that get a little like, this is stuff you really need to research. So ashwagandha is a big one. A lot of people know what ashwagandha mm-hmm. is. You know, you have a centrol and you have KSM-66. They're both different kinds of strands. I took the KSM-66. It's more aggressive. It's a more aggressive strand where centrol is more of like a calm strand to, uh, in simple terms. So I took the KSM-66, which uh, has been shown over and over again to help with producing t- testosterone. Um, it has a lot of aphrodisiac effects, things like that. And then where it gets really weird is we have things like the shijachi mushroom and then um, long tail uh, and then long jack and these little herbs 
that have been shown to increase testosterone. So really, I tried to find herbs that I had multiple studies that had evidence of increasing testosterone, and I just bought them. <laughs> That's basically how it started. I just like dug through like, okay, if it has 10 research papers and it's all evident, um, I'm going to take those. And so those were all for total testosterone. A couple ones that like I could can't really spell and I can't pronounce, but basically they're like medicinal Chinese herbs that are used in fungi, um, along with ashwagandha, cornicets, and reishi. And those were really good for total testosterone, right? Now we get into the free, and this is key. I will tell you this. You can have decent total, but if your free is low, it doesn't matter how high you make your total. Because what's happening is, is due to whether you're chronically dieting or chronically stressed, you have this thing called sex hormone binding globulin that binds to testosterone in your blood. Free testosterone is testosterone that's not binded by sex hormone binding globulin. Um, and so like if you have a total of 400, I would I don't even know if I'd encourage you to get more total if you're freeze jacked. I'd rather you focus on free because if you have 400 total and you get to 200 free, that's as good as a guy that has 1,000 total and 200 free. You both still have 200 that's floating around that's going to be used in androgen receptors for muscle building, et cetera. Um, so then we have to say, well, then what increases free testosterone? So you have certain herbs and minerals that act as aromatizers. Aromatizers are basically compounds that release sex hormone binding globulin from the hormones it's attached to. So things like nettle root extract and boron are two the two that I used. Very strong, potent aromatizers that work very well. So those are the only two that I used was the nettle and the boron. And they like I said they act as aromatizers, which means they um they basically take away that they lower the sex hormone binding globulin and allow for more testosterone to be free. Now here's something to think about though and do your own research, but hear me out on this. If you're gonna do this, it's smart to have either take some DIM supplement, DIM supplement, or at least have one meal a day where you're including, I would say, go with cauliflower, but you can do cauliflower or broccoli. Um, DIM basically metabolizes estrogens because what you'll find is if you have a good supplement that frees free testosterone, it also aromatizes estradiol mm-hmm. as well because estradiol is binded by sex hormone binding globulin. So if you have something that just releases that, it can raise both. So having something that can metabolize the estrogens in your blood is important. Um, so yeah, that's something to think about as well. Um, but yeah, those are the supplements that I took. And I would say two other things that I really give a lot of bonus points to throughout this process was I almost completely removed all plant matter and I focused on eating a lot of red meat. And the reason why that's important is because red meat has zinc, creatine has so many things that help with the testosterone production process. It's got the healthy fats and cholesterols. It's got all that stuff. And the problem is, is that plant matter tends to make meat nutrients malabsorbed. What I mean by that, there was a study done where they got where they had a guy eat a steak and he absorbed 95% of the zinc, right? Somewhere in that range. And then they had him eat the steak with salad and it went down to like 35. It like tanked. So there's something that happens with like plant cells and plant matter that inhibits the absorption of some of the minerals and vitamins in meat. So I would say have one carnivorous meal. You don't have to make every, but I would, I would recommend that one meal have no plants in it at all and just be like a nice amount of beef. Um, and that can make a huge difference. And then also sunlight. I'm telling you the sun, vitamin D is one of the most important hormones. And I started going outside 20 minutes every day and I, I give it. 60% of, of what went right was getting out in the sun. I really think that there's something magical about getting out in the sun. You know, we say plants have photosynthesis. I think we do have photosynthesis. I think we were designed to soak sun. Uh, there's things that just happen when we do. You know? So that's those are all those things included is how I really did what I did. Now, have you documented any of this so far, whether it's just for yourself and for your clients or, or what, what have you put any resources together in this type of sphere? 
I have not. I um, when I first figured it out, I wasn't very confident in like telling people about it. Um, but as I've been going through school and stuff, I've been learning more. And I do want to put something together, but I have not yet. I have all the information. Yeah. I have my messages. I have what does what. I have all of my test results. Cool. cool. So with all of this information that you've shared, can you tell us a little bit about what you are doing for your clients and what are they seeing similar results? I mean, obviously, this is a case-by-case -case thing, but can you kind of describe what you are providing your, your clients to help them feel better, lose weight, all the above? Of course. Yeah. So with, with, with my coaching, you know, I'm really, it really depends on the person, whether I do intuitive eating or macros, but I'll like do whatever I feel like you can mentally sustain. Cause I'm really big about making it a diet, but a lifestyle. So we'll figure that out. We'll set up goals. Um, and then like my males that struggle with hormones, there's going to be a lot more of like, you know, I'm going to help them set up and schedule meals in a way that, like I said, like eliminate veggies. Sometimes I'm going to be encouraged because like, I'm very much like not just a nutrition coach in my eyes. Like I'm a, I'm a life coach. Like I'm like, I'm going to try it because I feel like, you know, chronic stress and not being able to decompress and deal with life in a, in a healthy way affects your weight loss. And so I'm really big on dealing with that too. Um, and so, you know, we're going to focus on that. We're focused on, you know, de-stressing, finding time to get out in the sun, finding time to relax, lower the cortisol levels, allow your body time to focus on communicating with everything to get the right hormones built. Um, and then also, so with actual testosterone, you know, almost all my clients send me blood tests if they have them. And I ask for them, like, do you have blood tests? Send them to me. I love to look over them and figure out, like, what we can do dietary to help your numbers. Uh, with testosterone, like, it, it does come down to what does your free look like? What is your total? Depending on those numbers, I'm going to recommend, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to recommend particular herbs for you to take to help. And then obviously, we'll check every two or three months, and then we'll reevaluate and regroup. Um you know, but it, it's really a case by case basis, but I'll make sure that the herbs I'm giving you are to uniquely deal with where you're at as an individual. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more in general about your, your coaching services. We'll, we'll kind of wind things down because we, we've, had, we've taken enough of your valuable time tonight. Um, tell, us, tell us a bit more about uh, what that coaching is, uh, kind of the forms that it takes, where you um, – where people can get in contact with you, all of that. Okay, yeah. So I basically, um, it, it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. You get daily check-ins, weekly macro updates, unlimited phone consults. Um, and so, I mean, I, I have like a one month program or three, a three month at a time program. And like, basically there's no contract. I mean, I, I want you to come to me, but you want to come to me. I don't want to lock you in. I don't want to hold your hand. Like, I don't want to hold your hand. Like I want to be there for you to help and give you the tools you need to succeed, but I'm not there to like lock you in. Like I want people to be able to just come and renew as they would like to. Um, so that's how that's set up. In terms of where they can get the coaching, um, so I actually, I know I'm a DSK coach right now, but starting November 1st, 2019, I will no longer be a DSK coach. I'm actually opening up my own nutrition coaching cool. business. Um, so theketoroad.com is where they would go to sign up with me for coaching. Um, it's already up and running, so if they hear this before November 1st, or they won't, but if they did, <laughs> it'd be up. But, uh, so that's where you can find us on theketoroad.com. I've got like a... Uh, I've got like a what is keto page. If you just want to get started and you want a little list of foods and like five, I have five general rules. Like if you're just starting keto, you don't want to coach, you just want to figure this thing out. Here's five rules to follow. Here's a foods of list, a list of foods you can eat, not eat and what you should limit. Um, and then it's got like all my media outlets. Um, I'm on Instagram at the keto road. I'm on TikTok at the keto road. I'm at YouTube, the keto road, um, Twitter, keto road, everything keto road. <laughs> 
And then um, I also have seven day health devotion. So I don't know how many of the guys listening to this are spiritual, but if you really want to challenge how God views you and your relationship with food, that's what that devotional is catered towards. It's very challenging, some of them. And it gets harder as you go into it, um, but it's a good devotional. So those are the things I have on the website. That's where you can find me. Very yeah. cool. Well, any other questions? Any parting shots, Jim or Alberto? Yeah, just I wanted to make sure because we went over a lot of information here, but what I want to do is kind of maybe break it down just a little simpler, just for like the average dude that say listens to this on a Thursday and wants to do something on a Friday morning to at least get in the right direction of everything we just talked about. So like my takeaway is if you had like top two or three things, I'll tell you what my takeaway is and then you maybe add a supplement. But I would say the top two or three things from what I just heard you say would be beef, sunlight, and I'm going to assume plays a very important role in that too. Yeah. So, okay. I got you. So do you want me to summarize the whole podcast in like a sure. sentence? There you go. Okay. I got you. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? This is about to be fire. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not ready. Hold on. Okay. Now I'm ready. Okay. 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 <laughs> Have confidence in yourself. Know who you are. Eat more beef. Eat less plants. Get some sun. Take some deep breaths. That works. Word. And that's Done. all my job. Well, and that's all stuff that you can do today, right now. And that's really cool. That's all stuff you can exactly. do right now. You can literally go, you can literally go, you know what? I've been doing this for X amount of time. I am capable. I am strong. And you know what? I can do something to fix this because I am capable. I'm just going to go eat a steak and nothing else right now. You know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to go for a walk when the sun rises. I'm going to get out in the sun and I'm going to take a couple deep breaths and I'm going to start my day strong because I'm worth it. Boom. Great way to yep. start. Yeah, and all, and all those little things add up. I mean, life is stressful. You know, like you were saying, it, you just do these couple little things here and there, and I, I try to make time to do it. You know, I got a very stressful job, and there's times where, like, I'm, I'm in a very loud environment. It's pretty much a construction site that I work at for cars. And there's times where I'll just, you know, I'll just walk outside, kind of walk to the end of the parking lot, stand in the sun, start sweating, get a couple deep breaths in, kind of regather myself. Like, all right, back to the madness. And and, and that's you why need you're those so small. <laughs> yeah, it's like 100% that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we know where we, where folks can get get on pretty much uh, the keto road everywhere, and that's awesome. That's phenomenal. Uh, how many weeks? Or how many days a week are you putting stuff on YouTube? I know that I'm seeing it every now and again. I just don't remember what the frequency is. Right now, it's once a week, and 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 the reason is because YouTube isn't my big outlet, so I don't. I just try to get something out once a week. Uh, my bigger outlets are Instagram and like TikTok is like, and I don't know why, but that that that's like, that that is my biggest platform right now. I don't understand it, but it is. Um, but yeah, so like just once a week, I'll either put out a vlog or I'll put out like a tutorial video on like three steps to keto where I explain, I like this two part fat series where I talk about fatty acids and where to get them and stuff like that. Yeah. Saw those. And I do think that they are some great resources for folks. Uh, so if uh, people wanted to follow me, I am Duckman Keto on Instagram and on Facebook. We're all in the, the Keto Man's Club Facebook group. So that's a great way to get in contact with us as well. Uh, and, and my myself included. Uh, for my personal stuff, I'm duckman 21 on Instagram, and that's pretty much it for me right now. Alberto, how about you? Um, all my workout and keto-related stuff is at the Keto Cholo on Instagram. Um, all my automotive shenanigans and cool pictures of me painting the latest motorcycle I'm working on is uh, at capital underscore painter. But the easiest way to get a hold of me is obviously the Keto Man's Club. Jim, you're up next. Uh, the Keto Man's Club, again, Facebook, Instagram, all of those good things. Uh, speaking of Insta, um, at Jim Inman JR. I am not nearly lively and uh, full of uh, 
social media things lately. So I apologize for that. But um, yeah, just uh, the main thing is, I would say is if you are in the Keto Man's Club group on Facebook, tag myself, tag Alberto, tag, mm-hmm. tag us. Um, let us know, you know, if you're if you have a question or whatever. Um, fortunately, it's a very popular group. And occasionally we might miss a comment. So just tag us and try down yep. that way. Yeah, uh, we we at least I am either in, in front of a computer or have a, uh, have, have my phone going. And so it doesn't take long. It doesn't take much to get a hold of me. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, so we are always at your disposal on some level. Uh, so reach out if you have a question or concern in that regard, if you have a question that you would like to ask about the past or maybe a question or topic like today where we, we handle or where we kind of dug into the more natural way to tackle uh, testosterone uh, repairing. I won't even call it replacement because it's repairing and, and helping support the system. Uh, you can email us at uh, podcast at gmail.com. And you also can get to our website and link to everything through theketomansclub.com. We've got all, links to all of our social media, all of our everything there. And uh, so it's a great way to, to reach out. Any other parting shots? All I want to say is, uh, Jonathan, thanks for the schlong talk. And I can't wait to see you at <laughs> Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say that this whole time. <laughs> uh, it happened. Uh, well, that's it for this week. We'll end right there. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it for this week. Until next week, eat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.